0: Praise the Lord, this is Bradulus again, we are in, we are going through the letter of Apostle Paul in the 1st first, first Timothy, and we are now in chapter 2, and I'm going to continue this, and I pray the Lord will give you insight as you listen, and get your Bible and read along, verse 6, verse 5 and 6, let's start from verse 5, 1st Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, for there is one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time? Now the Bible, He used the word mediator. The Bible said, "The Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest." And you can go again to the first a letter of Apostle John, where He used this different terminology and said, "If any man, if any man sin, this is written to the believers now. This is to the believers. See, if any man say we believers we are not expected to sin. But if any man say we have an advocate with the Father." So, you use the word advocate with the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ is our advocate. And it's our high priest. In another verse, in another place, we're called high priest, presenting our case before our Father God. See, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us. Now, let's continue from 1 Timothy chapter 2 that we are reading. Verse 7 says, Whereunto, Apostle Paul says, to I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. And I speak the truth in Christ, and lie not. A teacher of the gentiles in faith and verity. I will, therefore, this is apostle, Paul continue to exhort what he wants uh, apostle, what he wants Timothy to keep emphasizing, as he teaches and as he is He says, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, and doubting. That is when you are praying, don't doubt and without trust, no no anger and rage, just pray in love, in gladness to the Lord. Verse 1 says, in like manner, you are going to exhort women also, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, modesty, remember that word, modesty, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works." Now that part of it as summarizes the address of the dress that women should be adorned themselves with. In some churches, they try to put strict rules that this you shouldn't wear this, you shouldn't wear that. The Apostle just makes it clear that it's modesty, It's very important. What is modesty? What are you trying to, whom are you trying to please? Some people will dress because they want to call attention to themselves. If you are married, dress only to please your husband. Now, if you walk in the street and every other eye of other men in the street are are looking at you and wanting you, then you are not dressing just for your husband, you are dressing to attract opposite sex, which can be a sin. Not just can be a thing which can be it's, it's also of adultery because Jesus Christ said he that looketh unto you at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, if the woman that is causing that is because of her dress or modest or modest dress is causing that, that other eyes are looking at her, wanting lusting after, her, then they are committing adultery with that woman. So that's why Apostle Paul is saying women should be in modesty because that does not attract attention or attract eyes. And then he went for that, he said that that is how women that are professing godliness with good works should dress. Verse 11, now let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not the woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now many people, love verse 11 and 12, many, in well in American churches, they have wrestled with this, some of them have promoted opposed uh, post all of these things and say Apostle Paul was this, Apostle Paul was that. But he just leave that according to us, the Lord has put it in itself. See? And it is wise for somebody to a woman to submit themselves to these precepts of God. And it is wise for a woman to submit herself to these precepts of God. Some people say where well, a woman can be a can, they can teach because the same apostle said let women, let elder women teach younger women. So it's not that they cannot teach, but it's showing whom they should be teaching, younger women. They are going to teach their children of course, but he's saying they should not use some authority over the man. Because for that purpose, you, you go back to just Genesis, you can see the cause of the fall. That is really where it's coming from, the spiritual things that is coming you know, the cause of the fall was when the man begins to listen to do what his wife wants. That's what happened. Adam listened. He said, because thou was akin to your wife. That is the source of the fall of mankind. See? And because of that, it has been the word of God that God has said women should learn in silence, learn from their husband at home and not the vice versa. And when people are opposing that, they are actually in rebellion against the plan of God, against the will of God. You say, well, is it because we say it's because of the fall? But see, before the fall, Adam did, listened to his wife. That's what caused the fall. And it's not because the fall that he listened to his wife, or it was that that was the, the cause of the fall. He listened to his wife and did what his wife wanted. Because the Bible says she gave to her husband also with her. So that is why Apostle Paul is laying this one down. I swear not a woman to teach, not to be so portrayed over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So he's referring back to Genesis. You see. Verse 15 says, Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety." That is, both male and female will be saved. Just like the Bible said, male and female created them in the... In the Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27, when God made mankind, He said male and female, created," which was for a sign of the sons of God at the end time, both male and female, shall be saved, they shall fall into that category of sons of God also. But in the order, in the household of faith, in the household of God, and in each individual household, God put order. In the in the, in the in the in the in the believer in the in the household of in the household of God, and that order when it is obeyed, there will be peace and tranquility. But when people begin to rebel against it, there is some confusion there. And that was chapter two. Now let's go on to chapter three of First Timothy. This is a true saying: If a man decide the office of a bishop, he decided a good work. Now Paul was going to put down some qualifications for who should be appointed to be a bishop. A bishop is simply like a pastor. The word bishop is is used in this our generation to mean like an hierarchy of churches. Where the bishop is an overseer of so many other pastors something like that. But the word bishop simply means a shepherd. And so Apostle Paul is talking about the shepherd that will be on, on the local, a local church, that's what he's, he's saying. Since uh, since they're going to appoint them, and uh, Timothy is going to be the one to to appoint some of the others to be the bishop, who will be in charge of this congregation. About Paul was giving down what should be the qualifications t- to look for, and here he goes. He said, "It's a good thing. It's a good desire. Said, Anyone desire to be to to take the office of a bishop is designed a good work. It's like a job." Verse so a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, giving to hospitality, aptitude to teach. Now, the husband of one wife is because that was a standard God was laying down in that generation. And up to now, many people were raised with polygamous lifestyle. In that generation, you know, you can look at the Old Testament, King David has 10, 10, 12, many wives, and many of them were having wives and wives and wives. Up to the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, many of them still have many wives. The Gentiles in that generation were used to polygamous also. But there were people that only have one wife because it's just a matter of how many are they able to manage. So Apostle Paul is saying, when the people begin to come to Christ, he's saying, the Bible said, God made them male, one male one female. Christ actually refers to it. When God made Adam, he said, when God made many male and female, and he made only one for Adam. And so for that reason, it's one woman and one man, is the ideal. Now, so what God, what Apostle Paul would now say is that, in the body of Christ, in the church that he started, that, was that they started to be formed, that there be a, a, an example, a leader that should be an example of what the, what the Lord requires is that it should be only a husband of one wife. Is one that should be appointed to be the leading to be the bishop. I know somebody told me that well, I don't want to be a bishop, so uh, they went. They said they can go and marry several wives because they don't want to. They are not going to be a, an elder. Now, if you are if you are going through that mentality, you are actually violating the the precepts of God that says it's actually one 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 man one wife. The reason why God was putting this one here was because. Those people were already in that lifestyle before they were believers, and God didn't compel them like some other churches are doing in Nigeria. Some churches are saying if you are already in the polygamous family, they want them to throw away the other wives and just keep the first one. Now God didn't say that. That's not the law that God put down for the for the gentile church. But He actually said when they wanted to appoint elders or pastors or bishops, they should only choose. Somebody that is an husband of one wife, that's the standard that he wants us to use. However, if the people that are not that are unbelievers and they already have so many wives and they all now come to Christ, if you stay the way they are. But if one, if one of them does not want to follow Christ, Apostle have another story for those one. He say if you if you if you have a, a spouse that is not a believer and does not want to continue following living with you, let the unbeliever live but you are not to kick him or her out, you are not to pack and leave because you believe he do, she doesn't believe or he doesn't believe. He said, if he wants to keep following you, you have to keep living with you, you have to not, not, not separate from the, from the spouse. So that is the, you can read that in the first Corinthians chapter 7. So because we have had questions where people come out for and say, well, they already have 30 wives because they were formerly Muslims, now they give their life to Christ, and they, and they brought all their wives into the church and they are also giving their life to Christ. What should they do? Should they throw all the other women out of their house because they. No, I said, no, you don't throw them out. You are all sinners before God forgive all of you. You are all to just follow the law right now. I say, what should you You demand to be sleeping with these three wives. He has to keep giving them, according to the Bible, he has to keep giving them the due benevolence. If there is uh, one of them that's a that is an unbeliever that decides not to follow your religion, let the unbeliever depart. That's what Apostle Paul said. You are not guilty of that. See, but it is not compelled that you should keep them out because we have several kids where they already have children and they are. I am sure are saying you should throw away this woman that is the second wife, the third wife, just because you have given your life to Christ and you only have to keep the first one. No, that's not the. That's not what God is telling us. See, everybody that is, is Apostle Paul said? You rather that they all stay the way they were called. They were to stay the way they were called. Are you called with wife? Stay without wife. If you are called without without uh, being married, it's better to be your mother. But if you want to marry, there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of the life of humanity to marry and raise children for God. So Apostle Paul, more or less, put all of these things down for us to see that you have to compare scriptures with scriptures when it comes to this point about your husband of one wife. That's what the Bible said for the elder, for the losers now it will be it will be wrong as far as my judgment for somebody that's a believer after he has been born again and he's saved when he was not married he's saying he's born again now to say he wants to go and marry two or three or four wives claiming that he doesn't want to be an elder he just wanted to marry four or three or two or three wives then he's violating the war that is the that God says, and it's a one man, one wife. That God said. Jesus Christ said, "Don't you hear that it is when God made a made a male and female, not male and females, not male, not one, not 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 uh, not also the, the same sex marriage they are doing in this generation? That the devil is putting upon the woman upon That is abomination. That's abomination. That's a different story. That's a different uh, sermon. But apostle is more or less laying down, a bishop must be blameless, husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, giving to hospitality, aptitude to teach, not giving to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre. What is filthy lucre? Trying to get money by bribery, that would be a filthy lucre. Not, not guilty of filthy looker, but patient, not a brawler, not trying to start a fight, or always complaining. So not covetous, one that will rule well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. And it tells the reason, because that means, if a, if a, a leader is not able to control his own children, and they can point to some ruddy rowdy children that he has, or controlled or control children that he has, that she, the children can disqualify the, the father. The children, even his wife, can disqualify the man from being a, a good leader or a, or a good uh, uh, for qualification for this type of position. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. They have to not only look at the man, they have to look at his family. That's why he said, For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? If you can't rule your children and they they are not under your control, you tell them to do something, they will not do it. And you don't discipline them and they grow up like that. Then you are not able to rule your house. How can you rule the household of God? That's what Apostle Paul is saying. That's why he said, they don't, it must be the one that rule where his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Number six, is another, another important person, not a novice. What's a novice? A newcomer, somebody that has just joined the church. Don't make them to be the ruler just because he's where well positioned person in the society. Maybe he happens to be the mayor, or he happens to be a medical doctor by position, or he's a great man, he has a lot of money and he now comes to your church and become part of the believers, don't suddenly make him to be in charge of everybody. He said, that's a novice. He doesn't know the, the principles of Christ. He has to be taught. So that's why he said, not a novice. Why? He given an lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Because by if you make a novice, somebody that just join your group, you make him to be in charge because of his it's a, it's a professional position in the world. They say you'll be proud. Very soon pride will be upon and the devil was an example of a proud spirit that was cast out of heaven. But pride comes upon me when they say, oh, I am made to be in charge because of my of my degree, I have a PhD. That's why I'm in charge. Well, he's still a baby if he comes to Christ just now. Because if you're PhD in engineering, you're PhD in this field, does not qualify to to be higher than the believers when it comes to Christ and the word of the of the Bible. That's what he's saying. That don't, don't just bring them in just because of their status in the, in the world and make them to be in charge just because they have a position in the world. But they are still a novice if they are just a newcomer in Christ. Verse 7. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. That's another good point. That is anyone that is going to make to be a leader or a pastor like that, a bishop, must have a good report of them that are without. That That is people that are not even in the the body of Christ. People that are not Christians, they must have a good report from them that, oh, not if they know of bad things that the man is doing that you guys and the church don't know, you better listen to them. Why? He said, Lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the uh, the snare of the devil. Because when, if you make him to be a ruler, a leader in a fellowship, the unbelievers outside say, ha, that man, that rapist or that man, that embezzler that is stealing government money is now the leader of their church. That give a bad name to your group. That give a bad name to your, to your fellowship. Because what they think of the man outside is what they are thinking all of you are. If they think the man is an embezzler, He's taking contracts of the government and pocketing the money and never do anything. And they already know him to be that and now he you make him to be uh, he's part of your church. They think all of you are like that and that's drawing, dragging the name of the Lord Jesus Christ into the mud. So that's why I Paul is saying that man, that anyone you want to choose must have a good report of them which are without. As an example of that case, where had somebody, a minister was saying that some people that claim to be ministers, we go and get a, a car from a car dealer on loan which they would pay monthly but when they couldn't pay instead of returning the car the the, 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 the one the, the, the dealer that that loan the car they have to be looking for them and that dealer begin to swear I've never I've never give my car to pastors or this because they don't pay I mean when people become on on, on a Without integrity, they are not paying their debts, The world that they are, the, the people in the world know it and say, "This man is a debtor. He never pay. It he, can't be. You can't trust him. he's it's no good. It's not, not a credit-worthy person." Why in the world will a believer be uncredit-worthy? That is not even fearing God because you are not to owe any man at all. And if you owe, you pay your debt. That is integrity. So, but that's why you say, he must have a good report of them that are without. Because that will not be a good report if you say that pastor, you hold this man three months of uh, payment and he has not paid it. And the man has to seize the car and, and, and he think he's just working with. Him. All of those things means that you are not trustworthy. The believers should be the most trustworthy person. Why? Because we fear God and we are working with God. And if you trust God and you are working with God, God will always take care of you to make sure that you don't Fall into a, into trouble with financial situation like that, but if you have your heart let us say I must pay my debt I must pay on time. that is what God also expects of us that you pay your debt and you pay on time if you are paying monthly something like rent you're paying your rent if there's no money, I mean you run out of you have a serious situation you are praying to God help me I couldn't get money to pay my rent then you at least approach the landlord. Appealing to the landlord that means you have a conscience because the landlord is depending on the money you are going to pay him too. Also, that is conscience. But if you if you instead of approaching the landlord, if you a landlord have to be running and looking for you, you are hiding from the landlord because you couldn't pay, and you are holding two months in debt, and you dare the man to come and evict you, what kind of a Christianity will you call that? So that is. That, uh, that will give a bad report. That's why he's saying these person that's going to be a leader, must have a good report from them that are without, them that are in doing business with him, them that are just trading in the world with him. If they have any bad report about him, know that he's, uh, he's, a bad, he's not to be classified as a, a true believer that should be made a, a leader. He needs to still learn how to follow Christ and follow the principles of God. So that is one of the qualifications. So your attitude, your business lifestyle, can could disqualify you from even the godly position or Christian or leadership position. Just like your shearing lifestyle can disqualify you from any leadership position in the body of Christ. Your wife's behavior can also disqualify you from leadership position in the body of Christ. In, from even before God. So that's why I say you must have your children under objection. You yourself must have a good report from them that are doing business dealing with you outside the church so that you don't fall into a reproach. A reproach means they will begin to talk bad of you outside and that become a reflection of uh, of people in that group. Verse 8. Likewise, most the deacons, now he's talking about deacons. What are deacons? These are mostly helpers, maybe church workers. They are called deacons. Maybe they are just the, peer, the people that are in the church office. They are actually classified as deacons. They are helping send mail letters out. They are helping organize... Uh, Fellowship. Those are what the deacons normally do. Maybe they don't really preach, but they are in the but see, they are managing the church activities. Those are deacons, you see. People that are like that may also have uh, influence on the funding or where the church gather their money also. Or they are the ones that collect collecting money and then putting it in the bank. It's not the pastor that has to be run to the bank every time. Maybe the deacons help them out. That's what the work of deacons. So then they better be trustworthy. Or you are going to put your your meat to be watched by the cart, like people say. <laughs> See, like people say, it's going to be a, if it's a thief, it's going to steal your money. So that's one of the reasons why he's going to give qualification for deacons also here. But say, say likewise, must the deacons be grave, that means they must be sober-minded people. Not double-tongue, that is not liars, telling A and then telling B on the other side. Not giving too much wine, not greedy or fit to look that is they're also not. Embezzling money and bribery and corruption, if they are not guilty of, of that. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And in the pure conscience, the way they are holding the gospel. But since, and let this also first be proved. I mean, prove them. Before you say he's going to be in charge of counting your money, that the offering that comes to the church, and the, this, this king is going to be the one counting the money, you better prove him first that. He's not going to pocket some of those things for himself. That's one of the reasons why he said, let this also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Because whatever money is coming is lost money. So even though we say it's lost money, that doesn't mean that anybody can just steal it. Because that's we are still in charge of it. So that's why anyone you are going to be putting as a deacon in charge of the money of the church. Prove him, make sure that he is truly safe, born again fearing God, and he will not touch the lost money. That will become an offence, not only offence to him, offence to even the people that are around him. Verse eleven. Even so must their wives be grave. Now he's talking about the wives or even the deacons. You see, the, the behavior of you, of your wife can disqualify you from, from positions of authority. Not only in the world, even in the body of Christ, that's what he said. He said, the, their wives must be grave, not slanderers. Who are slanderers? Speaking evil of other people is slandering. Mm. Whether it is true or false, it's better to keep your mouth shut. Instead of telling go tell the next person, this man did this, this man is evil, that man is evil, that boy is evil, that woman is evil, that woman... All of those are slandering. Is said, better? it is true, this woman but who told you to go and be broadcasting it. Because the person that does not know, you are actually poisoning their mind. You are poisoning their heart against this fellow and this fellow that you are telling about. That's slanderous. How much more if it's what you are saying is actually what you call conspiracy theory. Conspiracy means for people just make up the story to make this fellow look bad and you are broadcasting it also. That's slanderous. You have to be careful in the body of Christ, especially in this political world. And he said, not he it said it's not slander be sober. why is listing this among women? Among wives, he said, because that is characteristic of most women talk more among one another than most men do. Men and men don't really talk much in the detail of talking of things that are going on in the world. They may talk of politics, but when they begin to talk about other people, it's more of gossiping. And that is characteristic of more women. That's why he was saying their wives must be not slanderers. They must be sober, faithful in all things. Now, verse two, I've also talked about the deacon. Also, should be a husband of one wife. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife. The same thing, where the bishop of deacon is saying, that is the standard that God wants now. That God is putting in the church is one man, one wife, and that is why, even though in their generation there are many people that came to Christ, they already have so many wives. They just have not. They are not to be selected to be the elder or to be the officer or, or deacon because of that qualification. It's what Apostle Paul is saying. He didn't say they should not be believers. They can keep their wives, and all of the their wives coming, but they should not elect them to be rulers because that would be an example. And people don't want the apostle didn't want people to have that example as the example of a Christian. they want the example that every other people may emulate. Verse thirteen. Verse 12 says, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. That's very important. We have to rule our children and our houses well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well, of a deacon well, could chase to themselves a good degree, great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So he said if you if you work as a deacon and you, you begin to be bold, you are you are not you are now familiar with all the handlings of the things of the, of the church. That's what it really mean. give you some boldness. Verse 14, These things I write unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, but thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The body of Christ, the church of God is not the building. It's the body of believers wherever we gather. We are the body of Christ. And that's the pillar and ground of truth. That is where the truth is being spoken. Among believers, whether you are meeting under a tree, or meeting in the jungle, you are believers and you are, that's where the truth is being spoken. That's why I call it, we are the pillar and ground of truth, not the building called church. Which is we, are believers at this building, at this church. Verse 16 is the summary of it. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, sin of angels, preached on the Gentiles, believed in the world, received up into glory. That is, God manifested to us as Jesus Christ. I will continue this in the next broadcast. God bless you.